What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the In the Round podcast. It's your boy, Matt Brill, hanging out with you. And uh, today, a very special edition. You're probably like, why the hell is Matt dropping an episode on a Friday? Well, I'll tell you why. Very special edition. Today's a special freaking day. Episode 75 with Mr. Trey Lewis. Today's release day. Brand new EP out. Brand new music. Uh, a lot of folks have been excited about this. I know we've been very excited about it. The Shut the Door EP. It is now out for your listening pleasure. Um, available on all the platforms and whatnot. And uh, was very lucky to sit down with Trey and uh, have a great conversation with him. We talk about all kinds of shit and, of course, the new music and kind of reflect because this is round two with Trey. We had him on episode 59 a long time ago. Um, about It was about this uh, less than a year ago, actually. But um, just how much things have changed, and uh, we talk about all that stuff and a whole lot more. But before we get to that, shout out to the sponsors, Whale Tail Media. Whales is, or, uh, Trey is actually a part of the Whale Tail family, which is really, really cool. Um, does a lot of videos and uh, a lot of work with him. That Shut the Door video that's out right now, uh, Whales produced and shot and directed and everything. And it, it's freaking awesome. So make sure you hit up Whale Tail Media if you're looking for content here in Nashville, Tennessee, or Whale Tail Weddings if you're out there getting hitched. Saxman Studios, funny enough, another connection to Trey Lewis here. This is where he records all of his music. And uh, Grady and Saul and Grant and Tim and Dylan and Will and the whole crew over there. We love them dearly. Make sure you hit up our friends at Saxman Studios. Brand new home for them, by the way. They've got a killer, killer setup over there. And then last but certainly not least, our friends Trailside CBD Emporium, the whole official home of Delta ATHC here in Nashville, Tennessee. Check them out. They've got all kinds of products, all kinds of tasty goods. Come to one of our writer's rounds. You can check them out. They are badass. And you can use the promo code ITR on TrailsideCBD.com to save 20% on your order. Now, without further ado, let's get into it. Y'all listen closely. This is a fun one. My conversation with my brother, Mr. Trey Lewis, on the In the Round podcast. Last time we did this, we didn't have headphones, right? No, last time we didn't have headphones, bro. The uh, It was definitely different, man. Episode 59 was yeah. last time, bro. November 23rd was when it was released, which means we recorded it like a week or two before that. And then December rolls along, and things have been kind of crazy since what, then. What episode are we on now? We are on 75, I believe. Awesome. So it's 16 episodes later, but it feels like a freaking long time ago, dude. I mean, you know, I was listening back to it today. and I mean, um, 20 episodes. Each episode's like, what, an hour, hour and a half? Something like and that. It's like 30 hours, you know? Yeah, but I, I was slacking in yeah. June and July. Like, for a while, it was like Justin cool. Holt was like the only new episode had, that I had. Had you out. pretty busy, though. Yeah, you have. And, dude, and I'm, I'm grateful for it, man. And it's been, it's been cool to go from, like, getting to know you, playing kickball, um, or the first time I met you, you smoked, um, you were smoking McKinney or playing Maxwell and Madden at oh, yeah. their house. I remember giving you shit for dipping skull peach. Oh yeah. That was the first time I met yeah. you. It was at, at, um, at, uh, Dawson and, uh, Maxwell's place. See, and I don't even remember that. I just remember like I was walking up like, um, are we rolling? We're, we're rolling. Ro- yeah, right? we're rolling. Okay, I didn't yeah. know if you were going to intro this or not. <laughs> nah. But I just remember like. Like I've I've known Gary and Charlie forever, you know what I mean? And like we're obviously like closer friends now than we were like back then. But it's kind of like always like we just kind of knew each other. Like me and Charlie would talk sometimes on Snapchat or something, you know. But it wasn't like 
you know, now I'll just call him up every now and then and be like, you know, hey, how you doing, man, or, you know, whatever. But I just remember I always, like, held them in the highest regards because, like, they were, like, the – even before Riley, like, they were the first group to, like, you know, do the fuck it, I'm going to Nashville, I'm going to try this shit out, you know what I mean? And I just remember, like – you know, I always just kind of held them in high regards. I just thought it was cool, like, the level that they, they've they been doing it at for some years. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you, I knew that you, you were a part of that crew. Yeah, and the first time, the, that first kickball game I played with you guys, because I know you guys had been playing kickball before me and Boudreaux and, and that whole crew popped up. Um, first time, first game, I remember you wearing the old Muscadine, um, the, the, with the, the bird the original, on it. Yeah. yeah, the OG shirt. And the, I was like, the, oh, the, shit. The Vine, yeah. Yep, yeah, you were wearing um, that. And when you had a 65 South like, on. You were, like, looking for the bathroom, and, like, I was walking to the field, and we, like, caught eye contact. I just, like, shook your hand. I was like, oh, that guy works with Gary and Charlie. Like, <laughs> I need to say hey to him, you know? And uh, That's crazy. I was like, it, it was kind of like that awkward thing. Where it's like, yeah, I know we don't know each other, but we know who each other are. Yeah. Like, let's shake hands. And I thought that was the first time we met. I didn't know that it was over. Well, the, the other time at um, at Maxwell's and Maxwell and Dawson's, because I got kind of introduced to the whole crew yeah. by doing a podcast. And one day we, um, it was actually it was last July, me and Boudreaux had just gotten back in town. And we had Stephen Paul and we had Dawson on um, two episodes in the same day. And oh, yeah. that was when I went and watched my first NASCAR race with Dawson and then that led to That's an going again yeah, and then led to yeah i mean dude and that was my first time drinking non-alcoholic beer because i was like i want to drink i know dawson's a beer drinker and yeah. i tried bush non-alcoholic which is the worst the non-alcoholic worst. beer we went i went over to uh like dawson that's like he's like a real nascar fan yeah. like he's not like he it ain't no bullshit like i went over there i think we went on that me and maxwell we went on that writer's retreat with mckinney like it was like a sunday it was raining and Dawson was just sitting there in his, like, PJs, drinking Natty Light, watching the race by himself. You know what I mean? Like, he's the real deal NASCAR fan. He doesn't do it to, like, you know, be cool and tag something on Instagram. You know what I mean? No, like, it's, He's, it, like, he's a real fan of NASCAR. And, like, I, as a kid, like, coming up, I was, re- I was a fan like that. You know what I mean? I don't care about it as much as I used to. And I think – a lot of that has to do is like my stepdad doesn't care about it anymore because he hates that they changed the rules. So Old I'm Joel, just like, if, I'm just like I'm just like if Joel's not watching it, then I ain't got. Yeah, watch and that's it. the thing you know too I mean? is part of the NASCAR experience is getting Big Dave on speakerphone because Big Dave Dawson's dad will call Dawson whenever the littlest thing happens in the race, and he'll yeah. start yelling, and Dawson will start yelling back. It's just a it's a wild uh, wild rowdy uh, wild rowdy thing but well, yeah. I mean I still know enough about NASCAR to like get my street cred yeah know? yeah and you and, and, like, you, and you own a ton of NASCAR shirts nowadays yeah, yeah uh, when I went to you know Priscilla sang the national anthem and we got to like sit VIP and all yeah. that stuff in the boxes but like Kara and all them they've never seen anything like that in their lives and they were like asking me the rules like how does this work you know and <laughs> Cars like, go cars go around and well, like the craziest thing is when we left that day, Dawson and Caleb Conradi were still like tailgating because they were too drunk to drive home. They were yeah. trying to sober up, so we ran into them, and I was like, "So do they get a point every time they lead the lap around?" And he was like, "No, nah, that's the old school way, you know." So like, <laughs> yeah. every heat you win, you get points or whatever is how it works yeah it's changed changed a lot for for sure but um but yeah that's it's it's funny because like this time last year was when i was first starting to get to know 
you guys like you your your house and it's funny again listening back to that old that older episode talking about Ella and Clay and Mitch and that whole crew and that was right when Justin Holt was moving to town and now it's like I considered all you guys like family yeah. literally like yeah. I'm over and then gotten to know not only you but like that whole crew yeah. super well yeah. And hell, hell, I wear the Alabama 65 South hats just as much as anybody. Yeah, you're an honorary (laughs) Alabama, Alabamian. Alabamian, which is which is wild, man. Um, But dude, they tag you on their shit all the time. They do. I get tagged on it more than some of the damn artists. More than me, yeah. Yeah, and I'm and I'm. (laughs) It's just because I I wear the I wear. I got I got my own 65 South hat, and they don't tag me as much as they do you. Yeah, I don't know. Me and then McElwain will pop up every now and then too. But yeah, man. I mean, it really is crazy to see like how much things have like changed uh, from the first initial podcast we did. I mean, Dick down in Dallas wasn't even like totally viral. You had, you had just played the round, I think either that week or the week before. Yeah. Things hadn't even gotten crazy yet. Like we hadn't even done the reaction videos or, you know, any of that stuff. I mean, in that last podcast, I was still talking about, you know, the, the thing it's in Starkville, like we were talking about earlier. And, you know, I mean, it's just, it's crazy, man. You know, it really is to think of where things are now and, you know, like how good of friends, you know, and it's just like, you know, McKinney it signed his pub deal and like where everybody is, uh, you know, compared to eight months ago, you know, or, yeah, or the, even, a, you know. Yeah, the, the whole crew is is winning and it's it's really cool that you were the guy that came in and talk about the, we'll talk about the, the new EP, Shut the Door, which is out today. Um, and uh, But you were the guy that kicked the door down yeah. and really got got the crew going from the 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 bama fam to the to the no hits crew and like everybody's been been kind of seeing it man and it's been wild what was when and it wasn't planned that way no oh dude oh i absolutely like, yeah like you know and i'm i'm a very outspoken person you know and i say what i want to say and i think that that's why a song like dick down in dallas worked from for me but i still i'm still very humble i don't think i'm like you know god's gift to music or like you know whatever um i'm just grateful that i got to be the one that like started all this with you know not saying that it had to do you know it wasn't all me but like you know i'm just grateful for the way that things turned out you know what i mean yeah, man, i'm I, grateful that for once in my life i didn't have to watch from the sidelines if that makes sense yeah I, and it's and you it's know? what's cool for like everybody has their time when they're supposed to have their time and like and that moment was my time, and I was like, I was ready for it, and like, I was, su- I'm grateful for it, and I'm even still now super grateful for it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I remember that first weekend going to the Blue Room, and I remember FaceTiming the Sigs chat yeah. when you were playing like some of the some of the some of the songs earlier in the set, like when you played a whole lot of nothing, and you're playing like Whiskey Miss Me, and then when you played Dick Down, and I faced, I did like the the whole group chat FaceTime thing, and just seeing everybody's reactions to like, holy shit, this, yeah. this is real, like. This is wild. happening, and you were, you know, we, we, you know, I still had you. You were still with Muscadine. We were. I just had you out selling merch for us. Yeah, I was. I was selling merch and just kind of there for to be extra help to to, yeah. Al, to Alex. I think we were all learning on the fly. Yeah. You know, like it, it. For the record, we did the Muscadine. I did the Muscadine Bloodline podcast, which was the coolest thing to me ever. Because, like I said, you know, I've always looked up to those guys and like, you know, really respect them. And love their music, you know. And after we got done with the podcast, Charlie goes, so, like, are you stealing Brill from us or what? <laughs> and it just got, like, super awkward. And I was just like, 
I mean, because we had talked about maybe you coming on and doing some TM, you know, and, and doing merch. But I was like, look, man, I, I, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to like, you know, I mean, not like, not that they're daddy, but in a way they kind of are, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like as far as like how an independent artist should do things. I was like, you know, I don't want, but they were cool about it. You know, no, they, and, they were just like, and thank God yeah. I suggested Bradley Curry. Yeah. Better Burrell. <laughs> He's better Burrell now. Yeah. Thank God yeah. I suggested. I, I got Brad in there too, because they, he's been crushing it and they've been out doing shows again for yeah. a while. But, but for, for a long time, I mean, we were the only ones out there doing it, Yeah, you know, yeah, like that crazy. December, January, like I was telling somebody about slide and ride the other night, um, about, and showing showing the video that Nikki T had took and taken from that night, and it's yeah. like the date on it's like January seventeenth. Yeah. Like that shit's crazy. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty cool that like some of those like that Milledgeville run we did was yeah. it like Milledgeville? Where all did we go? I'd have to look in You're the. You're supposed to know, but really, you always know. <laughs> you know everything, man. You never forget a single Mil- thing. Mil- I think it was we did Milledgeville. We didn't do Rome on that one. Was it? Uh, was that the Anderson weekend? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it was like we played. Uh, I want to say we did three nights. Was it but... Athens, Milledgeville, and Anderson? Yeah, Anderson. And Anderson was Devonte's Ander- birthday. Yeah, and Anderson was Devonte's birthday. That's a whole other story. But like <laughs> Milledgeville, I was like. I mean, no hate against that venue because I'd totally play that room again. You Dude, know what big, I mean? big room legend. I mean, that's the first place the Brantley Gilbert ever played Dirt yeah. Road Anthem with Cole. But Ford. like, I mean, that place isn't the nicest. You know what I mean? It's a honky tonk. Yeah. And there was no green room, and there's just people in the back like stealing our beer, and like a guy tried to steal Ella's guitar. Yeah. And uh, you know uh, that um, uh, we got our trailer tires uh, slashed. <laughs> Paul Bunyan. Paul Bunyan, like one of the like local guys, like tried um, try to start a fight with you, right? Try, one one guy tried to start something with me, and then another guy tried to start something with with another another band member. And he's like uh, a local guy that plays there a lot. Like I didn't have a problem with him. Like me and him sat out back and talked, but apparently, you know. <clears throat> Him walking in there like he owned the place, rubbed some people the wrong way. Yeah, it was just the the bat. It was just the security. Yeah, that was February fifth, and then the sixth was uh, Anderson. Yeah. The week- so yeah. the next night we, oh well, that night we went to Al's Al Chapman. He owns a, uh, um, the Blue Room. The Blue Room, and uh, I guess there's another bar in Statesboro, Statesboro called uh, Southern Social. And the guy that owns that, him and Al are like old friends, but apparently they have like some bad blood or something. A little, little too much to drink. Just the yeah. moral story is, is if you know you're in Statesboro, states, how do you say it? States, Statesboro, 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 yeah. Georgia, and uh, you go to the Southern Social. Fuck you. Go to the Blue Room <laughs> only, because um, that guy's a dick, and uh, he's just trying to start shit with everybody. And uh, the blue room's where it's at. Everybody knows it. They got the hottest girls. If you're a single, bro, guy, that that you know. um my my birth. I mean, I've so it's funny too because he talked. We were talking about again the reference that last episode. You were saying your favorite three college towns: Statesboro, Auburn, and Starkville. Yeah, and Statesboro was that that opening weekend of this. But I'm just saying, like we've been on. I mean, even before like we were, you know, the Dick Down Dallas crew, like. Every time we went to the Blue Room and played there, Al took care of us. No, it's and, it's and home. William took care yeah. of us. Like we would go over to Dingus and fucking, you know, 
eat dinner and I would pay for our food. And that was before we were, we weren't, you know, we weren't jack shit, but a cover band, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, so it's like, yeah, if you're a cover band coming up yeah, there, those guys I'll never are play anywhere other than, than states, you know, than the blue room, you know what I mean? Yeah, Unless man. it's like at the fucking stadium or when, when you was your first, I mean? when, outside. When was your first show there? Um, I want to say like probably 2018, uh, the, was, Sequ- the Sequoia days. It was, uh, it was a Thanksgiving, and uh, we drove up there in Matt McElwain's Ford Expedition. Oh wow! And uh, I think our man, it's hard to think. Oh no, no, uh, that was when uh, the McAvoys were still playing with us. It was the bass player and, and then his brother Bubba. We played in Tuscaloosa on a on a on a Friday night, and we played from ten thirty to thirty. We got done. We were going to drive halfway to, like, Phoenix City and Auburn. Sleep for a few hours and then drive the rest of the way. Well, by the time we got to Phoenix City, it was, like, 7 o'clock in the morning. And Alex booked our hotel room on, like, one of those websites. And when we got to the hotel, it was, like, one of those cheap, like, fucking days in, two-star, one-star, three-star hotel. And they were like, no, can't have your room, you know. They're like, you've already... You know, that sounded like an Asian accent, but it was like, <laughs> it was like they were like, can't have your room, you know, at 7 o'clock, because we were just going to go in, shower, like maybe rest for like an hour and then get back on the road. So we just left from there because they wouldn't, couldn't get our money back, couldn't drive. So we just drove straight to this frat house and played this gig in this hot, smoldering sun, just fucking hot as fuck. Where was that? Was that it in was States- in Statesboro. But the gig only paid like three hundred fifty bucks, so we were just all like tired. We play this frat gig. The kids don't give a fuck, and then from there, I'm just like, we've never been to this place called the Blue Room. We're like, God, this gig, like I just don't even know if I can go it. And then you walk in at this bar that doesn't look that nice from you know it's not that it looks bad from the outside but like when you go inside that place is fucking nice dude and it's huge the stage the production like al and and um and william i mean it's like it's top it's top notch you know what i mean and like we walk in there and we're like fuck yeah we can do this and then the set's only like two hours so it's like we're you know we've been doing this tin roof shit we're gonna fucking crush this and like I just found my second win, and we fucking ripped it. And I think we they they paid us like five hundred dollars, and then we had to drive all the way back that night because you know the money just wasn't there. But like I said, all that to say this is like, you, you know, you go and you take these risks that don't really pay a lot of money, and then like we started going back, and every time you know we actually went back on a Thanksgiving one time, we went to Savannah. We do the Savannah. The, the whatever that place is Barrel House Barrel House yeah um, we went to Savannah on Thanksgiving William's like man I need a band we went up there for like 800 bucks um, the car broke down like less than a mile of the venue but we finally got it there like we were trying to get back to our families and the bass player we had that was filling in with us had a gig the next night in Tuscaloosa so we like break down somewhere like about an hour out of Statesboro we get this shitty hotel, roaches and shit, like, everywhere. We, like, find this, like, uh, Firestone tires. They let us, like, borrow their tools, and Matt McElwain had to take the drive shaft out of the car. He just taped it to the car. It's still taped to the bottom <laughs> of his car. 
to this day. And then we just we we got home, and then like we got like halfway there, and like one of the tires had wires sticking out of it. Oh, we had a gig that night in Birmingham at Innisfree. <laughs> oh, so we get geez. back, we play the gig at Innisfree, and then like you know, by the end of it, we're just like tired as hell. But it's like you go do those gigs, and yeah, it fucking sucks. But like uh, a year later. <clears throat> we went back to Statesboro, played a frat party, the same frat, but this time it paid $3,500. And they gave more of a shit? Yeah, they gave more of a shit. We had more of a production. And then we went over to the Blue Room and played that night, and it paid $1,000. So it's like, fucking $4,500, that's pretty fucking good, you know what I mean, when you're in that world. Yeah. And then, you know, we go back in December, we have a song go number one. You know, and so wait that so December fourth was only your third time playing there. No, no, we had played there a bunch, but I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, like the, um, you know, we had gone back and done like other nights, you know, other runs, but maybe maybe just two other three or three or four other times, but, um, you know, we played there in between the the sh- the first time we went and then the the frat gig but like we it would be like summer and stuff but yeah. like the next get you know the next year when frat season rolled around doing all these you know quote unquote favors for William or whatever just being willing to show up you know what i mean paid off you know what i mean there's no such thing as a dead end gig i firmly believe in that yeah and and i mean it's statesboro just feels like i i cannot wait i'm waiting for it to pop up on the calendar when yeah. we're going to statesboro again yeah. like i it's just from for, for real me, got laid well but also it's it's just i enjoy, sorry mom <laughs> i enjoy the the rowdy the rowdy crowd that's down there I mean, hell, that first night, I had, like, seven drinks thrown at me. Like, But I was on such a high of just seeing it from the campfire to the writer's round to the reaction videos to seeing a crowd sing back this song. And to I didn't really – I mean, I had known you, but, like, I didn't know Terry and McElwain and, and Mitch that well. And But just seeing, like, how much – like, what that moment was like for you yeah. guys – and it just the adrenaline rush of that room yeah, and it's is like, something. You know, back to kind of like what we were talking about. It's like we were kind of the first ones getting out there and touring. You know what I mean? Like when this pandemic, when we were kind of phasing out of it and playing shows, which you know we might be going back into it. Who knows? Yeah. But it's getting weird. Things are getting weird again. But it's like we were the first. You know, the first ones doing it. I mean, we and we played shows that were social distanced. You know, and and and. Uh, we had one show on the Anderson on the Milledgeville in Anderson, South Carolina, where we showed up, and some girl was underage drinking, throwing up in the bathroom. The cops came in there and saw a place, you know, packed full of people. It's like y'all can't have a concert <laughs> yeah. here. So Ella got to play a whole set, and I said we're at least playing the one song. And we got up and did like a fifteen minute version of Dick Down in Dallas, and then they kicked everybody out. And, the, and then the gorilla meet and greet. Yeah, out, out the, front. Yeah, the gorilla meet and greet outside. It's freezing <laughs> ass cold. Me, me the sky's like spitting rain. It was just, uh, it was not on a list of things. Where it, it was not. That was not it. But we are going back there, right? Yes. In October. Yep. And um, we got, um, we got uh, Brent Gafford, uh, Charlotte Pike opening it up for us. Yeah, you got Brent and Lauren, and on that run too, I believe is Athens, and I believe Rome is on Athens, that run too. Yeah, Peaches. We got Dawson with us. Yep. Uh, at Peaches and and Charlotte Pike. So and then Athens, Georgia, the warehouse, bro. The warehouse. That, Man, that was, place is awesome. That was like probably one of the, 
one of the shows where it's like, all right, this shit's coming together. Yeah, man. Yeah. And the, 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 that whole night was really cool. And that, what's been cool too, and I know you talked about it on the, um, on the, uh, the Raise Rowdy podcast, so bring, bringing the friends along and bring, bringing the family out and giving, giving shots to folks that you believe in. That Athens show, what was cool about that one was Clay was out with us. Yeah, you Clay know? was like, out with us. And then, and then Mitch drove down. And like, it's, that's what's been so cool about it, man, is, is not everybody that, that blows up necessarily bring brings the crew out with them. Yeah. Like you're that that speaks to your character. Like you you want you want everybody in like in the crew and the in the family, so to speak, to be a part of it. Well, it's like what I said earlier is I know I'm not like the best fucking country singer there is out there. I'm not the best songwriter, but like I have a little bit of power right now to to you know, and it's just like you know you watch Muscadine how they did with you know. Uh, Jordan Fletcher uh, Jordan Fletcher and um, you know and how they've done with um, Farron Rachels and you know just people that they believe in that can come out there you know and, they, and their crowd can fall in love with them and you know um, you know and I and I, man I just like I can't talk about Ryan Nelson enough I mean you watch a guy like him you know I'm not saying he's like a dinosaur to this town but damn he's been here a minute you know and like when you know, like Job, and you know, he wrote songs. You know, him and Riley were close. I remember, I remember living in Birmingham, and like watching Luke Combs and all those guys go live on Facebook. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like him being in that crew, so it's like he watched that whole crew go up. It's like, man, it's just a matter of time. Like, it's hard to doubt somebody that never gives up. And it's just like, man, his music's so awesome. He's really good at what he does, writing songs, entertaining crowds. He knows how to party. He knows when not to, you know, party. Like, yeah. When, know, I thought I thought when we brought Ryan Nelson out, it would just be like absolutely insane between oh. him and Terry. But honestly, man, Ryan Ryan Nelson is not that hard of a partier. I mean, you know, he goes to bed before anybody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and the thing maybe is, maybe he just goes so hard he goes to sleep. But yeah, like, who knows? yeah, the, know? yeah. Age is definitely definitely getting up there a little bit, yeah. but um. But yeah, having having Ryan out is I I agree with that a hundred percent, and he 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 gets the crowd yeah. like the the tra- like the the blue collar like crowd. That the- show we played in Chicago was like it was kind of weird the other night, but like before Ryan got off the stage, he said some shit into the microphone, and the whole place just erupted. Yeah, you know what know- I mean. And Ella does that yep. too. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I've watched Ella do that, like. Not only opening for me, I've seen her do it for you know. She opened for Parker, and you know, she just knows how you know knows how to work a crowd and knows how to do it. And that's the thing is like Ryan Nelson, you know, all my friends that we've brought out of the road know how to play shows. They've yeah. done it. You know what I mean? It's not like you know you see a lot of people put songs on TikTok or whatever, and they never even played a show. Don't even know where to even begin on like how to you know have a band or like their band plays on stage and they're like, there's just a bunch of dead time in between songs. Like me and my crew, man, we learned how to not have dead time because you got to keep that tip bucket going. You know what I mean? Like you got to keep them interested. You know what I mean? Short, short spans. But was it, was it weird? Those, um, like we'll start with again, go back to that weekend of, um, that first weekend with Statesboro and Savannah. Was it weird? Because those gigs were booked as your, your usual covered gigs to go in there and, do it a little bit different was that was that Uh, was that weird for you guys to go out and it was a little weird but like 
I mean, a good weird. I think it would have sucked if we would have got the same pay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because our expenses were a little bit more. But, like, that's the thing. It's like, you know, William and, and, and I can't say enough about William and, uh, and Al, like, they knew it was up, you know what I mean, and they took really good care of us, and well, I'm, I'm like just, they always do. Well, I'm you know just saying, I mean? you guys being up there for for four hours or two hours. Well, or Statesboro whatever, was always two hours, regardless if you were we were a cover band or not. But doing the ninety minute sets was like something that we had done a little bit of, you know, or like a fifty minute set. So like we knew how to do it, but now it's like, dude, if I had to play four hours now, <laughs> like. I don't even remember half the covers. You know, you think it's muscle memory, but when you get away from doing that shit, it's like you just forget. Like if I had to play for four hours, I just don't know if I could do it anymore. Yeah. And I remember like I would hear Gary or Charlie like talk about I just couldn't imagine playing four hours and like well that's when I was still doing it. I was like, shit, I can. I'll never forget that. But like, you know, forget what that's like or I'll never not be able to do that. But honestly, like the way we're doing it now is like the way to do it, and I would hate to, you know, play for four hours straight, bro. And I mean, the, I could do it, but yeah. like if I really wanted, and I'm to, sure, and I'm sure the band could do it too. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think Mitch misses it sometimes. He does. He does, man. It's it's a it's it's definitely I mean, a transition. I mean, there's definitely parts of the four hour cover gigs that you miss because it's like, say we did like three days at Myrtle Beach, like it's like you show up, you unload your gear, and that's it. You know what I mean? Like, eat some chicken fingers, drink, you know, whatever. If they drink beer or whatever for the shows, I'd usually pound, like, three Red Bulls, play. We get done playing, just wrap our cords, push them back, and then go to the hotel or do whatever, do whatever during the day you want to, and then go back and play for four more hours. So it's just like you didn't really have to go anywhere. You didn't have to talk to anybody. Nobody really cared to talk to you after the show, you know, unless it was some, like, critter. You know yeah. what I mean, but like, it's yeah. it was it's just different, man. It's just a whole different yeah. The different meet the, the meet and greet thing's got to be yeah. had to be a bit of an adjustment for well, you. Well, it's the way I see it is just like I used to play for four hours straight. So if I play for an hour and a half, I can go backstage. I can chug a water. I can take a piss. I can smoke a cigarette. I can do whatever. But I'm going back out there to talk to my fans because that couldn't take any more than an hour and a half. So it's like, you know. I'm still doing I'm still doing work for four hours. I'm just not having to sing for four hours straight. So like, yeah, man, and it, and it goes like, it goes such a long way, dude. I mean, what's what's been really cool to kind of watch this thing. I know you've been doing music a long time, yeah. like it's the the ten ten years you've been busting your ass doing this thing. But to to see from December to now, the the super fans that have popped up, the yeah. the people in Randy and, Adams, and, bro, Randy Adams, Jason Schaefer. Um, but there's, there's a whole bunch of, of other, other folks that are in there. Johnny, we know yeah. Johnny, she likes to hang out with Matt, but she still comes to, yeah. she pays her money and comes yeah. to these shows. Like which Matt, <laughs> God, you're bad. Uh, but she so just got to hit that trifecta. Bro. No, 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 no. Like well, a little league team, everybody gets a turn. <laughs> but um Uh. but like to to see these folks like for so long i mean you talk about like what you got what you and terry talk about and a whole lot of nothing to now you've got people that are scheduling weekends and driving long places to come and watch you guys play your songs yeah that's pretty cool man i mean when i looked out in the crowd the other night we're in fucking chicago fucking chicago 
And, you know, I don't know. Y'all hung out with some of them critters after the show. Um, but, uh, you know, that one girl sang every word to Whiskey Miss Me. A couple of, you know, I mean, there was a few of them in the crowd. Every word to Whiskey Miss Me. Every word to Lion X to me. Every word to Whole Lot of Nothing. You know what I mean? Like, of course, Dick Down Dallas is this huge thing. Everybody knows that song. But, like, people are coming to the shows and singing B-side, you know, songs that have been out for for years. So it's cool. Man, I've been having a ton of requests for this song that me and Terry wrote. Which one? Which, it's like, it's called The Woman Behind the Music. Yeah, my like, mom, it's a cool hey, idea, but it, like, still hey, needs ironing hey, out. My mom loves that song. Yeah. My mom, like, sent me a screenshot when I first started like, working with you. it's a $500 demo. Like, that song is, like. Yeah, but isn't but I mean that's that's got to be crazy too. The the messages of people listening to the the old stuff. Yeah, you know, like yeah, the the, the 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 TL and the vest days mm-hmm. way back in the day. That that first that that the se- bald spot and the spiked hair with gel in it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, what's what's been the um as far as like crowds go or like oh shit moments? Talk about Chicago, but what's been like another one? I like mean, a dude, random there's place. like so many. Uh, I don't know if it's like uh, when you asked me that, I just started thinking of like them talking about the song on ridiculousness, like on the TV show. Like, yeah, that was insane. Um, I'm saying going going to a city that you never thought you would go to, and people are giving a shit. Yeah, I mean, I think the Midwest that was pretty wild. Right? Which Wichita, which was not the biggest crowd, but I'll tell you Is what that, that the show we did with Priscilla. No, no, that was the ones we did with Priscilla were Omaha and St. Paul, Nebraska. Okay, yeah. Wichita, Kansas was that that wave one, oh, the one dude, that was supposed to be outside. Yeah, that that show was badass. There was only like a hundred people there, but they were fucking there for every fucking song, and they were fucking in it. That was an awesome show. And then uh, I'd say most recently the show we did with Jake Owen and uh, Travis Denning the, in uh, Country Boom, Wisconsin. Country Boom, Wisconsin, twelve thousand people. You know, screaming dick down in Dallas. Like, my favorite part was looking out into the crowd, and there was this dad holding this, like, 12-year-old, maybe 10-year-old girl on her on his shoulders, and she has both hands up, and she's screaming dick down in Dallas. And I remember just walking out of the show, and, like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like the black sheep of country music. Like, I felt like the guitar techs for one of those bigger guys, like, was just not having it. You know what I mean? Like, he was just like, hmm. But I was just like, yeah, what fucking first of three has a song that everybody out there sings? Like, there was people out in the crowd that were making up, make made their own Dick Down in Dallas shirts. You know, dude, what I mean? we see that every night. Sometimes I'm just like, fuck the politics of this, like, you know, of this business. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, I definitely like if I can have a song on the radio and I can sign a record deal, then fuck yeah, I want to do that. But at the same time, it's like. The stigma with this Dick Down in Dallas shit sometimes with the suits, man. It's just like, damn, dude. Like, everybody just wants to have a good time. I ain't hating on women. They know that, you know. Actually, fifty. it's 51 to... 49. 49 of women that listen to my music over men. Yeah, and I can confirm at so the shows like, it is a lot of lot of females coming yeah. up. We're empowering women since 2020. Shirts sure coming in September. Dude, so I'm, I'm, excited. I'm excited to sell that one. I'm excited for... People, uh, people to wear that one and do all that, but you talk about what's what's after Dick down in Dallas, and it's out today. Yeah, I mean, shut the door, man. What for you? I mean, I know a lot of the a lot of the backstory with it because I've I've been in the yeah. in the trenches with you the last eight months, which I've been very grateful for, and I've been loving what I've been doing with you and everything. 
But for, for the listeners out there, what, what was that like trying to figure out what was next? You know? So, uh, I started, I started meeting with Jim Catino and Alex Maxwell and, uh, you know, sometimes I, I know, you know, as far as like with Dick Down Dallas, I wasn't a writer on that song, but like sometimes I know that like sometimes the best song I can write is not the best song for me to put out at the moment. So we started just listening to other songs. I heard some songs that were cool and catchy, but they just weren't me, you know, and I'll never forget. I put my AirPods in. I had an email from Jim and I was just like. Because, I mean, we already had backup, man. We knew that was going to be on it. Knew anything other was going to be on it. I knew whatever happened to that was going to be on it. And uh, and then I and then I had a couple of other songs that I thought might be on it. But I was like, man, I might just want to do those as singles. So, like, you know, when I first time I heard Blue Collar Prayers, I was like, that's an anthem. That's the fans. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. We're Blue Collar, like, you know, we like fucking slow ride on a two-lane highway, fishing, like. You know, being like our dads, like hanging out, hanging out in the cul-de-sac, hanging out. Yeah, like I I was like that. You know, blue collar prayers is like that's my fans. Like that's that's an anthem for my fans. I'm I'm definitely cutting that song. But when I I put my headphones in, I was like, please be it, please be it. And I just took a deep breath and I closed my eyes and I listened to shut the door. And you know, the opening line says, "I got scars and so do you." You know, Um, found out the hard way, hard you know hearts ain't bulletproof and i'm just like damn that's me like i've kind of been always kind of been hard-headed my whole life i mean you know i know i got sober at a young age but like you know when it comes to love and fucking life up i'm pretty i've been pretty good at it you know and 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 i've been married i've been divorced you know i was married for five years and and you know when i was 30 years old you know, my dad died when I was 26, and then, you know, when I was 30 years old, you know, 29 years old, I started going through a divorce, and, you know, when I was 30, I was like, fuck it, you know what I mean? I've been doing this music shit forever. I'm just going to move to Nashville and see what happens, and, like, you know, I, I mean, dude, 90% of the time, I felt like a fucking loser because I was 30 years old, and all my friends up here, like, fucking 22, 21, way better, like, Joy Beth, like, when I met her, yeah, you know, fucking ten times better songwriter than I'll ever be. You know what I mean? And yeah. she's like, she's only twenty two. You know what I mean? Like I'm living with Ella and Clay, and you know Clay and Mitch had graduated college. You know I'm a high school dropout. You know Ella's got you know, you know, you know boundless limit of talent. You know, and I just like honestly like maybe I fucking showed up too late. You know, like kind of like that whole like regret thing i took the fucking wrong road you know and like and i'm you know i got sober when i was 19 and didn't do it right you know i'm sitting here like fuck you know i've just fucked my life up sober you know like like not that i wanted to drink or anything but it's like what was the fucking point you know yeah yeah especially getting getting especially you you like you had been doing music for a minute so it's like you know and then dick down in dallas on a whim does what it does and my whole life changes and then I meet Kara, and then, you know, I'm like, damn, I really love this girl. And then, like, you know, we're together, and, and things have been great. Like, she's unlike anybody I've ever met, and she just, she's very patient with me. She has a way to tell me to fucking get my shit together without telling me to get my shit together. That, that you know what she I mean? does, yeah. Like, it's like everything that I ever needed and wanted from a partner, like, she has it. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know... Um, so like those first two lines just hit me, you know, and then it's like, I've, you know, 
tried to move on since my divorce and like, you know, maybe probably did a little too early. And I, you know, I, I dated women that, you know, weren't my speed or I wasn't their speed or maybe I just wasn't ready, you know, and like, or they hurt me. And, you know, I just felt like I was cut so deep that I was never going to be able to like find love again, if that makes sense. Yeah. But like that line that says, we both been hurt and felt that burn, but I ain't him and you're not her. That's just like a line that speaks to me so deep. It's just like, you know, she's shown me, you know, like Kara's nothing like that. You know what I mean? And, you know, I love this woman, so I'm going to fucking make sure that, you know, and I've been dealing with my shit. I've been going to therapy and like, you know, through the years, it's all been, it was all worth the wait and it was all like the slow process to like become who I am today and be where I am and be able to firmly, you know, stand in the fact with who I am. And it's like, I don't regret my past and like, I don't, I've never shut the door on Dick Town in Dallas. Like it's, you know, it's all a part of the process, but like all those negative emotions and all those things that like held me back from, you know, taking that leap of faith and learning to love again and like, you know, just letting go of all that negative angst and just shutting the door on that stuff is what that song means to me, if that makes sense. Dude, and it's the perfect title track. Yeah, Carlton it, Anderson. Bro, Thank God for that guy. Hell, hell of a writer, man. I I haven't met him, but I'm a big fan of, of his work and have known that name, and that that's awesome that to be to, for that to be that to be the song right there and you, you talk about like the mental health stuff and that's something that you really you, you never you know um, you never shy away from the mental health stuff you always mention it in the um in the live show and and everything like that and it's it's something that it's great that you speak up on that you know yeah. a lot of other artists do that too charlie charlie, charlie Moncaster, yeah. big mental health advocate and stuff What's what's all that been like? Because this is something we I haven't really like talked to you a super ton about it and with you all the time. You know, but uh, what's the mental health stuff been like since all this kind of stuff's happened? Because you've you've your phone's probably blowing up more than it ever has in the last eight months. Like there's just all this extra stuff out there. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that I really struggle with the most is like, um, is uh, is s- still self doubt. You know what I mean? It's like, I moved to town to be a fucking songwriter. Like, like I said, like, I felt like my time had passed to be an artist or be that guy. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to move to Nashville, and I'm going to become that guy that Bradley or fucking Lane calls that says, hey, this guy needs these kind of songs. Like, come... I'm gonna send them up to Nashville. You write with them, and then and then and, they're gonna play writers rounds with you and yeah, things like that. Yeah. You're gonna show them around town and be that yeah. be that big brother. Because figure. like in a way, I was a big brother to Justin Jimmy Holt. You know what I mean? Who's doing great? And like I've you know in a way like I fucking helped Clay find gigs early on when he first started out. Like I'm okay with that role. I'm you know like I'm 110 percent convinced that like. I'm I'm on this earth to play the go- play the role that my higher power designs, but like I was just I didn't I didn't know that he still wanted me to be an artist, which is a great thing, because like that's really what I want to do, you know, and like I know that me never giving up and like you know overcoming all these obstacles and shining in that light shows people that if you don't give up on your dream and you just go for it, that the shit works out. And that brings a lot of hope to people, so I'm grateful for that. Um, but I still struggle with self-doubts. Like, sometimes I feel like, you know, it's like I moved here to be a songwriter, and now that I'm doing artist thing full-time, which I love, 
and it's what I'm best at. Like, I feel like we always want what we ain't got, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, sometimes I wish I had McKinney's skill set to just be that Swiss Army knife that can go write a pop song, go write a fucking folk song, go do this, go do that. Go, go out on the road and with somebody. It's not that I can't. It's just like I know my role and I know what I'm good at right now, but it's like – you know, your insecurities and the devil or, you know, the anxiety, the fear, whatever, like to play on that shit. So it's like, for me, it's just finding a, finding that balance to, like, be like, you know, all I can do is what's in front of me today, and that's what I'm going to do. And, you know what I mean, we'll worry about all that other shit later. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, and, the, and, and what you were and just— And, like, I do, man. When I'm in my bunk, like, I'm not always in there bunk socking it up. I'm in there, like, <laughs> fucking studying lyrics and shit. Yeah, you know you're studying mean? lyrics. By the way, or... a bunk sock is jacking off. That's what that means, <laughs> if any of y'all are wondering. But, like, uh, you know, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there studying lyrics. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing meditations, trying to find a way to get inspired, like— Cause like, you know, it's not like, you know, music is my full time job. It's all I think about twenty four seven, and I don't have a problem with that. I love that. That's what I love about my life is that I'm always, you know, creating and and and, and have that you know mindset. But like when I'm on tour, it's like I'm on tour. I'm out doing the artist thing. But like Sunday, I know that I got fucking three rights Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So I gotta come up with. I gotta. I gotta. You know. That's the thing. It's like, I know what I want to say as an artist, but I need that time to, like, come up with what do I want to say this week. Like, if I'm going to put a 12-song record together, what do I want that to say? You know what I mean? So it's like, I just have to find that time. And then it's then it's finding the balance of just having off time. You know what I mean? Of, like, go, getting, go fishing on my boat that I bought with cash, you know, from Dick down in Dallas. You yeah, know? Go, go out go out fishing with McAway and try to catch as many fish as he does. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck him. But um, another song on there, and it kind of goes with what you were just talking about with your story, yeah. which it's um, the the combination real quick, because you didn't talk about them a whole lot in that first episode, but two guys who you who have believed in you for a long time, and you believed in them as writers, Mark Addison Chandler, Davis, Corley, Davis Corley, and anybody other, bro. Yeah. That, that song to um, me, if you're thinking like quintessential, like Trey Lewis, like your story, yeah. that song to me is, is just it. But how'd you meet those guys real quick, backtracking? Oh, man, I don't even remember how... I <clears throat> oh, <clears throat> Freak Show, Music Row Freak Show. Terry Joe, Kyle Coolahan introduced me to Terry Joe when I first moved to town. Um, and then I would just show up. And then I think the first time I met Mark Addison Chandler, he handed me a business card. I was like, what a fucking tool. You know what I mean? <laughs> Nobody does that. It's not 2010. Yeah. You know? Um, but I can't remember. Oh, I think. Uh, me and Mark start eventually started talking. I think we actually played like on a round together. He was like, "Man, this guy's fucking. I really believe in this guy. Like he's star." And that was before any of that shit, you know. And he was like, "Let's fucking get together." And then COVID hit, but we had a ride on the books, and we just did it over Zoom. Me, Davis, and Mark. And uh, I was really apprehensive about the Zoom ride because I don't typically do well in a situation like that. But, dude, we wrote the song in like an hour and a half. It's called uh, Back to You. It's one of my favorite songs that I've written even still. It's kind of like a love song. Um, and then we wrote a bunch of songs together. Uh, I had that girl down in Alabama that I was seeing for a little while. And, you know, she told me she had, she had a – if you come to the live show, I tell this, show, this story a lot. Yeah. So I'll just ramble it off real quick. But uh, me and this girl, we were hanging out. 
I thought we were about to start dating, and she called me up one night, and she was like, Trey, I got to tell you something. I said, what's that? She said, well, I met somebody, and I was like, well, damn, I, you know, I was like, I fucking, I guess I read that one wrong. Fast forward, like, two years later, went by, and we still talked every now and then, you know, I guess she would call me when he wasn't acting right or whatever, <laughs> and then uh, she called me, and she was like, I'm single now. We broke up, and I was like, okay, um, you know, and just went over to her house. We had sex, and then uh, after that, I didn't talk to her. But I was, I, I, I fell for it again. That's the thing. It's like I went over there, we hung out, and then like I'm thinking, you know, this girl's like ready to do something now. You know what I mean? But back then, when the first time we were talking, anyways, we won't go too much longer into this. But <laughs> the time we were talking before that, I really was—I was the one that wasn't really ready for a relationship, but I was enjoying what we had going on. And then the next time we started hanging out, she was where I was way back then, and I was kind of ready to like settle down. You know what I mean? So like, we didn't talk, but I called a uh, Mark. Uh, I was on my way to my sister's house. I was like, dude, I got this song like about being somebody's backup plan. And then we, you know, we wrote backup, man. But, uh, you know, me and Davis and Mark, we have it every other Wednesday. Yeah, I know. I know yeah. they're, on, they're on your calendar. They're on which, my calendar, yeah. Which that, that says, that says a lot that you want to, that you, that you just continuously write with. Like, yeah, the people. Of course. You, know? like, like, you find your guys or your girls that you write yeah. good shit with. Like, I mean, now that I'm, you know. Uh, by the time this is out, I will have inked my publishing deal Hell with yeah. Sony. So now that I'm with Sony, it's like they're putting me rights with all these people that are fucking like I'm basically just sitting in the room these, and telling them what I want to say. These motherfuckers are unreal. Yeah, yeah you're yeah you're in the artist role. Yeah, I'm in the artist role for sure. Um, but with Mark and Davis, you know, it's like I can really just sit in there and really you know grind it out and hash it out of like what we want to do and you and know the, even with sony i'm just like hey man these these are my people like let's get them on some, well, that's some of these well, well that's what you need to, to fix your itch for yeah. the songwriting thing because like you were the way you talk about music and we both have addictive personalities you yeah. know like very heavy so like obviously with the drinking with with other shit over the years and things like that but like my passion, I've, I've found an addiction, like, being around, like, the music business and being around, like, when I was doing radio early on and doing this shit, talking to a microphone, you found an addiction in music, you know? You yeah. found something to do with your hands, and I think that's why you you have this other gear, yeah. you know? Like, where you, you go all in, and, and you, you had it back when you were struck, when you were going through all the shit and just grinding, and... You've still got it now where you're like, fuck, I want to write three times a week. Yeah, like, yeah I, I want to keep going. I want to get as many songs as I can. Like, that's another thing, too. It's like, you know, I talk about Gary and Charlie a lot, but, like, that's one thing they did. They signed up. They had a pub deal with, you know, Luke Laird at, you know, I was at Creative Nation. Yeah. Like, when they, and, like, when quarantine hit, them motherfuckers put out an album. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, they got so many songs, and I want to be like that. I want to have so many songs that... You know, something happened to me where I couldn't write songs anymore or something like that. Or or if I just wanted to put out, like, four albums back-to-back, -back, I could if I wanted to. Yeah, you know? and you're getting there. And, and we're getting there, you know, and it's like, uh, I just want to stockpile stuff. You know what I mean? And, and, and get the best songs. But, man, Anybody Other is just such a sweet song because, like, we found a way to make it kind of funny and cool. Uh, without it being a ballad, because I can write a ballad. I've got so many ballads that I want to put out. Like, I might just put out a ballad record. You know what I mean? But I'll probably just sprinkle them in you yeah. know, throughout the years. 
Um, like Believers, like one of my favorite songs yeah. ever written. I mean, we have a fucking Facebook fan group called The Believers. I don't yeah. even play that song at live shows anymore. Uh, I wrote another song with uh, Davis and Jordan Rager called Something Out of Nothing that's, like, amazing. But anybody others, like, we found a cool way to, like, make something very serious, kind of lighthearted and upbeat and, and make people feel it. But it's like... You know, I could have been five A all state. You know what I mean? I could, I could, I could have played football. You know, I, I played football from the time I was six until I was thirteen. My brother kept playing through high school. If he had my height, he'd probably would have played fucking, you know, Division One. Um, but you know, I, I, but I didn't. I decided to do drugs and hang out at the lake and smoke pot. You know what I mean? Um, but you know, it's like if I wouldn't have ever went down the road of drug addiction and alcoholism, I would have never got sober and picked, you know, and picked and bought myself a guitar and taught myself how to play it. Yeah. And you would have never, you so would have never, like, you would have never had the, the marriage and the divorce, like all, all the yeah. pain, man. It, it's, it's like you said, like you talk about yeah. with the man upstairs, like it's, you, you went through all that shit. And like, if you hadn't, but like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be Trey yeah. Lewis. But like you know? what I love about Davis is like, He's such a writer for the artist. We were sitting there and we were writing the chorus, and it's like, if I was anyone other than who I am, uh, I might be getting drunk, wishing on what might have been. He was like, you know, because you don't drink. And yeah. I was like, damn, you know, that's it. You know, might feel a little older by now. Might have some roots in this ground. You know, like uh, I might look back and not like what I see if I'd have been anybody other than me. And it's like that's it, dude. That is like. That is the crux of like real life and like who I am. It's like, you know, if, you know, if I would have, if I'd have done this and that's just anybody, you know, if you would have taken this path or that path and, you know, if you would have stayed in radio, like my dad used to say to me all the time, he'd be like, you know, man, do what you love. Don't worry about money. It all work out. I'm a fucking accountant and I hate my job. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like. That was just so huge to me because, like, where I grew up, I went to Vestavia, which is, like, you know, rich kids. And, you know, everybody's got their whole life mapped out of, like, yeah, I'm going to go to college at Alabama. I'm going to get a fucking business degree, you know, and then I'm going to go sell insurance for my dad's company, you know what And I mean? then take it over and, when he's done. Yeah, yeah, and take it over when it's done. Like, they've got everything fucking planned out. Very similar. On my hometown's yeah. very similar. And, like, dude, like... I had no clue what I wanted to do. I know I like to get fucked up and do drugs. You know what I mean? But, like, I just remember going to talent shows and being like, man, I could sing better than that guy. But, like, I never did. I would never do it. You know what I mean? It took what it took, and it took me to go through what I went through to get to where I am. I'm not saying everything happens for a reason, but maybe it does. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's just cool, man. I think that's just that's just life is that you know and that's the message and it's a message song without you know being too preachy it's like yeah no it's, it's a personal it comes from personal experience and it's like you just gotta you gotta roll with the punches and 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 um you know the things that people say that matter don't matter you know yeah man that that's that's very much a big thing so yeah that's we talked about four four of the five songs on there so the fifth one which is funny because for me, this is another fi- sitting around the fire during COVID song. Yeah. Um, a, a Matt McKinney classic, Whatever yeah. Happened to Whatever That. Whatever Happened to That. I remember the day they wrote it. Like, this was before anybody had a pub deal or anything like that. And it's like, like when I first moved to town, like 
Russell Sutton and Kyle Coolahan, like, dude, I looked up to those guys. Still do in a, in a way, you know. I mean, hell, they've been here for so long. Kyle's super talented. He's got a great voice. And Russell, I mean, dude, I'll never forget. I moved up here. I just went through my divorce. You know, and, and, and when I was married, I raised a son that was, you know, like my own. And I go to Freak Show. It's my first night. I mean, dude, I would come up. I, when I lived up here, I would go to Writer's Night's. I'd walk in, maybe shake two people's hands, but nobody would talk to me. I just felt so alone, you know. And I talked about that a little bit in the other podcasts. But I'll never forget, I walked into Freak Show, and I was sitting there up against the bar, and I knew a, I knew a couple people. I knew Kyle and Terry Joe, but they didn't know me, know me. They didn't know, like, all of what I came from. And I heard Russell Sutton fucking play my boy. The LV Shane song. Yep. It was before it was, you know, on, you know, a cut on his record or anything like that. And I remember just sitting in that bar and crying my eyes out and fucking just jetting to my car and going home that night and laying on my mattress that was on the floor. And just, I was like, fuck, I'm really here. And that used to be my life. You know what I mean? And like, I don't know. I just thought it was really cool that like those guys were a part of that. But I'll never forget me and McKinney and, and Kyle got a right with Kyle Coolahan. We were like, fuck, man, we got a right with Kyle Coolahan. Like, let's go, baby. <laughs> you know, like, that's a big deal. You know what I mean? When you write with somebody that's been in town for a few years. And I'll never forget when Russell and McKinney and and Kyle had that right together. I was like, dude, that's, that's awesome that you're writing with them. Because both those guys have pub deals or some kind of deal. You know what I mean? And, like. They're pretty well known in town, you know. It's like high school with money up here, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like they're in the other class. They're in the class above us. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like it was just cool that they were writing. And I knew McKinney was gonna crush it because he's a fucking badass, you know. Yeah. And uh he had I think he walked in with that idea and then they finished the song and, and, and dude, like I didn't really think nothing of the song really, but that was another song where Mitch was like, dude, I listen to this song every day. It's a hit. And I was like, fuck it, I'm cutting it. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I remember McKinney sitting around. I remember the first time I I've got to know McKinney was sitting around. In, it was after a NASCAR Sunday. It was after he took a lot of beer funnels. And we were sitting around Maxwell's little little fire, Maxwell and Dawson's little fire thing that they have with when they have like the little stovetop thing that goes over it and whatever. And McKinney's playing. He's like, check this one out. And he plays whatever happened to yeah. that. And I was like, that's a, that's a cool song. So to see it get beyond, to see it beyond the project. Yeah. And, and again, it's another song that your your fans are going to relate to. It's another song that resonates with you. Like, yeah. it's really cool. The, the coat, the, um, the writers that are on all these songs, yeah. cause they all, what, a lot of McKinney cuts coming down the line. Too. I'm sure man is. And that, that's a great thing. You know, it's great, great for him and, and great, great for you. He's and, like my Ray, you know, he's like my Ray Fult, like Luke Combs, Ray Fulcher or yeah. like, uh, Zach Brown pan. What's the guy's name? Came to our show. Wyatt Durrett. Wyatt Durrett. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's just, man, he's so good. And I mean, I just think he's going to have like, and I always tell him, I'm just like, you're going to have 50 number ones. I'm telling you. Yeah. Just keep, I just hope a couple are with me. You know what I mean? I hope he never gets too cool to, to let me cut his songs. Well, you, you, well, you know, you know where he lives now. So you can, you can, you can go and get a hold of him, uh, get a hold of him real quick. But But it's cool, man. Me and him were standing in the kitchen last night, both shirtless, just eating pizza rolls and pizza and just talking about music. And we're just like, how cool is this that we get to just focus on music all the time? Like, it's not like, oh, I got to go work 
downtown Broadway or, you know, I got to go play a cover gig. And, Did you ever you have know, a job in town or were you always going back down to Bama uh, and doing stuff I, with Terry for, and Matt? I, you know, so Alex, my manager, or yeah, he owns a publishing company in Alabama and uh, he has made a produ- production company. Production company. Yeah. What did I say? Publishing. Pu- oh, yeah. Production <laughs> company in Alabama. Um, publishing company in Alabama. Sounds like a disaster. <laughs> Sounds like a ripoff. Yeah, we're going to take a, a, a 100% of your publishing and give you $1 a month. <laughs> uh, sounds terrible. Anyways, he owns a production company, and uh, he hooked me up with this company called CP Rigging. And I may, like, I just got it as, like, because, like, I would work with Alex doing production work. I mean, that's how I met Ben Miller. You know, I was I helped. I, I was like a runner for the Riley Green music video shoot. There was this girl, and uh, you know, like that's how I, that's how I, uh, you know, uh, made a living when when the gigs weren't sufficient. I would go wrap cables or run this or run that. So um, there's this company called CP Rigging in Nashville, and I came up here and I, um, I worked. Yeah, you know, I, I would. You know, they had jobs that you could go do. It's like four hour minimum. It's like. 15 bucks an hour but man honestly i just did that kind of like as a backbone if the gigs were like because some of the gigs i would play only pay like 150 bucks by the time you drive to birmingham you're only making 100 bucks and you eat something that's like only 70 bucks you know just to you know see but man my family was so supportive of me moving to nashville my stepmom paid like my first two months rent so like i was able to get like a good nest egg up and like get my shit together you know um, plus I had like low overhead, my bills weren't much, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, but like, so I only ended up working at that job. I probably did like two or three jobs and I was like, fuck it. I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm just going to solely rely on music. And I did, and it worked out, you know, like I said, I was able to get that nest egg up. And then if we were able to, you know, if music garden or, you know, one of those agencies downtown was able to. I mean, down in Alabama, I was able to land me a couple of frat gigs here and there. I could put back some money and, you know, all that stuff. So Yeah, yeah, I, I, absolutely. No, that's because I wasn't sure if you had worked a gig because I know you worked at, um, what's the, what was the name of the smoothie shop? Tropical Smoothie. Tropical Smoothie because I know you talk about, about that and stuff, but I know that was in Bama and not up here. Yeah. So I did something today that um, we don't normally do. I asked, um, I put up on the Instagram for fan questions. Okay, nice. People to ask. So first one, we'll get it out of the way. Randy Adams. Um, old, uh, old, I think it's Randy. Yeah, Randy. Oh, what's his name? Gra- yeah. yeah, great. Old, 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 what's his name out there in South Kakalaki. Um, biggest fish you ever caught? Biggest fish I ever caught was only five and a half pounds. That's it? Believe it or not. Yep. Damn. Well, it was during quarantine down at, uh, um, his name is Noah Egan. His, uh, he has a farm down there. We get, well, I'm hoping you and McElwain will do better than that down in uh, Beanville. Uh, Bean, Beanville, yeah. Down in Beanville when you yeah. guys go down Dean there. Dean Jackson, baby. Dude, yeah, Dean. He's the man. Our fishing guide, he told us, has two wives. He he's does. He's awesome. Dude, he, he was the perfect. He wasn't going to tell us until <laughs> until we told him that uh, told him about the song. Yeah, he, was that, like, he was like, they can handle it. Oh, yeah. No, he's. He, I hope he comes out to a show eventually. He's a real cocksmith. He is, man. He's a great yeah. dude. Two women? I can't imagine. Then we've got um, Ashley Lammers, and this will be this is a fun one for both of us. What was your first thought of each other when you first met? Uh, I will tell you this. You were a, you're a lot different than I thought you were. What'd you, what'd you think I was going to be? Oh, I just thought you were just going to be like this overconfident guy, just like kind of like just real New York and 
you know, but you're like a soft, sweet guy, you know? Yeah, I mean? dude. I'm, you know, I've, like yeah, I try. Maybe that's because I was coming off the bouncing thing. Yeah. Like when I, like when I first started with Gary and Charlie, I was coming right off. I was fresh off Broadway yeah. where you're, you're taught to be a certain yeah. way. I did like a year of that. And but like, uh, dude, we're like family. Like, I feel like I know you know you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I feel like I know you know yeah. you. Like yeah. I, I know, know what you're. Know what your schedule is. Know know what you like. Know what you don't like. No. Well, me and you we're, we're real uh, we're real tell alls. You know what I mean. Both of us, yes, yeah. we are. Which what can was be, your What was your impression when you first met me? I was I was thinking that you. So I honestly didn't really like. I had put one and one together. Um, at uh at kick when I first met you. I mean, I gave you shit for dipping skull peach, yeah. but that's just that's just small talk yeah. amongst dippers. Uh, which, why do you dip skull? Like, did you, have you ever dipped anything else? I besides? dipped Copenhagen long cut for like five years. No shit. Yeah. Which is like the most badass shit you can do. Yeah. How do you like, go from I'll that? I'll fuck you up. How you do you know go? I mean? how, yeah, that's what Mitch dips. I mean, how, how do you the go? Only, the only more hardcore than that is skull snuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, not skull snuff, but Copenhagen snuff. Yeah, where it's like super, super. Yeah. So, like, when I was like, I guess when I was smoking weed and shit back in the day, we used to, we used to smoke peach white owls. Roll our blunts in that before we like realized that yeah. losers did that and that you should smoke Swisher sweets. Yeah. You know? Um, but so I did that and then like I dipped, uh, Cope, uh, not Copenhagen, uh, like in high school and like, you know, younger years, I, I dipped, uh, uh, Skull Apple and Skull Vanilla and shit like that. Oh, you're old school with the vanilla. See, I yeah. got into it after the vanilla. Yeah. I wish I could have tried vanilla. It sounds um, interesting, but also sounds kind of terrible. But one day I I was like looking for a che- I would always try like when I was married and like living low budget, like I was trying to find like a, de- a cheaper cheaper dip. Well, I there's this gas station called Wayne's. It's in uh it's in Kimberly, Alabama or like uh, Warrior, Alabama. It's over by TP Miller's. And uh, I saw this uh, Timberwolf peach. It was 99 cents. Ugh. I was like, let me just fucking try it. Bought it. And then I just, like, never turned back. I've always been on peach. But you've upgraded from Timberwolf to oh, Skull. Oh, Skull, yeah. Which yeah. is a lot better. Than yeah, I didn't like Skull peach at first. I liked Timberwolf better, but now I like Skull peach best. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, my first thought of you was you were a hell of a kickball pitcher. And I think yeah. part of the reason you liked the pitch is because you didn't want to move that much. I think yeah. That was part of the reason you, you pitched, which... I had a little too much Delta Eight last kickball game, and I pitched most of the time. So I didn't, I didn't want to be running around myself. Freaking out, yeah. I wasn't freaking out, but I was like, if a fly ball comes to me in the outfield, I'm toast. You know, I'm gonna let Randy Nelson take care yeah. of the fly balls, do his things in the outfield. But um, I, I just, I thought of you as like as being being a really a really good dude. Um, and then I started hearing your hearing your jokes and getting yeah. to know you know you. I was like, damn, this dude's funny. And then the Lacroix Lacroix boys like, yeah. saw that picture on my phone from back in had to be last fall um, of us holding the Lacroix. We were both a little bit thinner than we are now. Oh, yeah. It was when you had you had the fresh mustache. Fresh mustache. Fresh mustache. Yeah. I always wonder if people just think like I'm like a dick and just loud and inappropriate. You know what I mean? No, I, 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 no I think I think you Because I can be. You know yeah, I, mean? I can be yeah. too. Yeah. I, I definitely can be too. But I think when people come out to the shows and stuff and when people – has it been weird being a social media personality now? Has that been kind of – because you weren't doing a whole lot of stuff on social media like before all this, right? I mean, I think like what you see on social media now is just like maxified. Like there's a picture of me with my pants pulled up to my nipples. Like I would just post that kind of stuff every now and then. But Bonner's really good at like knowing that, you know, we got to post a lot and, you know, kind of knowing who I am and like – 
you know, he we you know, everything he posts, he's like, Hey, is this good to post? Do you like this caption? I'll be like, No, nah, make it more ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like yeah, make it like say I'm saying yeah, it. Yeah. So like um you know, I think I think uh the kind of content that I created before now is just maxified and it's just more Well, well I mean I guess I guess I think I think too it's like the whole thing with the reaction videos and the, and TikTok really changed the game for me in like social media aspect of things is like that creative muscle is like a whole new part of the game that every artist should be doing. Like you have your creative side for songwriting, you have your creative side for the live show. Um, you you know you but you know authenticity sells. You know it what does. I mean? Like you have to. It's part of it, and like I'm speaking to, you know, artists. If y'all are listening to this, you have to do it. There's no like, oh, I don't want to do any of that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, the days like, of getting big without social media without social are media, over. Those days are over. You yeah, know what I mean? You like, see, it, you're it, not even. You know, even if you don't ever want to sign to a label, like people want to know you. People want to know what kind of person you are. You know, people want to know what kind of shit you're into. People want to know that. You know, that you're normal. I know for me, my fans like to know that I'm just a normal guy. You know what I mean? That, like, yeah, I'm a little fucking weird. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I like doing ridiculous shit. You know what I mean? I like the shock value type stuff, you know? That's like, people want to, people want to know that. People all the time ask me, what's my favorite beer? And I'm like, I don't drink. But when I did, this was it. But I don't drink because I'm allergic to it. I break out in handcuffs. They're like, oh, man, that's hilarious, you know. But congratulations on your your sobriety. So it's like you just have to, like, you just have to do it. You know what I mean? You have to, like, come up with ways to be a, be creative to, you know, you know how, how can more people get to know me. Yeah, so adding to that, um, new guy moves to town from – Let's just say the the deep south somewhere yeah. um, moves to Nashville. What what would you tell them? Besides besides that, besides the the um, using social media, even if you don't want to, like what would your what what would your thing? What would your advice be? Uh, new, move, new, miss moving here. New moving new, new, new cat moves to town. Uh, of course, all the other shit like go out, meet people, um, be a good person. Don't be a piece of shit. Don't steal people's song titles, ideas, melodies. Um, but just go out and meet people. And, you know, if you see somebody that's like, you know, from your hometown, don't just expect that you're just going to go up and be best friends with them. Get your own shit going. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, and let things happen organically. You know, I feel like a lot of times people try to force, you know, friendships on other people that have been here a while and Nashville's weird. You know what I mean? You got to learn how to like have conversations with people. I mean, hell I made mistakes when I was here. I mean, I hit on girls that, you know, are now friends with Ella, you know what I mean? And like write songs with Ella and shit. And they're like, I don't know about that Trey guy. And, and you know, Ella's like, he's harmless. You know what I mean? But like, yes, you know, you got to make mistakes, but like at the same time, like, you know, just, just don't force it. But my, you know, my biggest advice to anybody that wants to do music, whether living in whether they're living in Nashville or not, I think Nashville is definitely the right move if you want to, you know, do country music or you know have a. It's like, I mean, we got everything here. We got the agents; they're gonna book you. You know what I mean? We got the, 
you know, we got the songs. They're here. You know what I mean? The connections. All that stuff's here. It's like Walmart versus Dollar General. Yep. Plenty, you know of, I mean? plenty of places you, to play. Do you, you want to yeah. go to fucking Dollar General to get all your groceries and everything you need? Or do you want to go to Walmart where you can buy a fucking fishing pole? You can go buy some fucking paper towels, toilet paper, food. You can get some underwear, some socks. Like, you know what I mean? It's all, this is the Mecca. It's all right here. But, like, for me, I fucking did the road for six years and learned how to play in a cover band and learned how to entertain a crowd and, like, you know, when was the right time to pull my cable out of my guitar when they fucking muted the speakers. You know what I mean? Some people just don't know that stuff, um, the little thing. So it's a good to have a mixture of the two. Make sure that you're playing shows all the time, whether it's, you know, cover band or, or original music, you know. But, like... That's my advice. If you love music and it's something that you really want to do, always do it. But if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, to be famous, to make a shit ton of money, then just quit now. You know what I mean? Like, But if you're doing it because you feel it's like what God puts you on this earth to do, and it's like um, something that you love to do and something that makes you feel like you're thriving deep down in your chest and your heart and you're willing to do it at any cost you know i mean like missing you know all your friends are going to go to fucking you know after you graduate college or whatever all your friends are going to start getting married you're gonna have to miss some weddings you know what i mean you might not be able to go home for every little family function like you know what i mean this is it's there's a price has to be paid to be able to do this thing and it's not always fun it's not always glamorous and you got to fight the demons in your mind about you know telling you to give up and that you suck you know what i mean you got to push through all that you know and it's not the easiest thing but if it's what you want to do you got to find a way to make it work and how i did that was i played cover cover gigs i mean i remember two years ago i was riding in my van and i told god i said if this is all i ever get to do is play a playing a cover band on the weekends and write songs with my friends during the week that's fine i'll if that's what you want me to do god that's what i'll do but screw you man you know what i mean (laughs) like i'm just honest you know what i mean and having that relationship with god is like or some kind of higher power is super important you know um so you don't get so you kind of have like a you know a, a needle in the compass type of thing but that's the best advice i can give because that's my experience you know what i mean like i can't tell you what this guy or what this guy did all i can do is speak from my experience and that's the you know i loved i love music i loved it back then i found a way to make it work to where i can make a decent living you know i mean hell i mean up until uh let's see i mean i i think it's probably been like two years since i asked my maybe two two and a half years since i asked my family for money but like let's see i'm 33 so i mean at 30 31 i was still calling home i needed some money you know what i mean because like it times were tough so you just gotta you know find a way to make it work yeah no, absolutely, man. I mean, I fucking sold my car to record Whiskey Miss Me. You know what I mean? Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, my Honda Civic. It was a green Honda Civic. only got 500 bucks for it, and it cost $3,000 to record the song, but that was a start. You know what I mean? Damn. Yeah, I did, I did not know that. I mean, and what's, what's something else that's been really cool is going and seeing, um, going and, and see watching you get to live out your dream and watching 
watching it, it all it all kind of it all come together and a lot of these full circle moments and going to these markets and we you got a big one tomorrow uh, tomorrow night yeah. this is this is coming out on release day um rock the south um rock the south uh, you were supposed fucking Coleman, alabama yeah you were supposed to be on for originally what was <laughs> what was an early opening slot for like 20 some minutes and then come to find out uh, one of the one of the later slots for 40 minutes on the big stage before, like uh, 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 I mean I don't really understand Rock the South I haven't been there before um, but yeah. from what I've heard it it is like it's the festival of the yeah. South what, is, what does it mean to you to be going so, down there doing a slot like that so I have a friend his name's Patrick McCarty he has this company called Highway 20 Entertainment and he manages artists he never managed us but he would always try to help us get gigs and it was me, Matt Bennett, and Casey Thrasher. Somehow he got like an in with, um, with, with uh, Rock in the South, and he was able to have three acoustic openers at three. I played at three o'clock. I played on the day that Luke Bryan played, and dude, we didn't know what in-ear monitors were. We didn't, you know, like. We, we had a monitor on the stage with those loud ass speakers. I got up there. I played. We were supposed to play for twenty minute, a twenty minute set, and I played like it was me, Terry McElwain was on. We were on the catwalk. McElwain played a cajon. Terry plays acoustic. I play. And I couldn't hear shit. There was like a delay because of the way those big line array speakers work. And uh, we played three songs, and I was like, all right, we're fucking done. We're out of here. And we went and played at Tin Roof that night. But, like, I was like, well, <laughs> you know, it was cool to people back home. And, like, you know, we played Rock the South, whatever. But there wasn't near as many people there that are going to be there when we play at 4 o'clock. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be fucking awesome. And uh, I was like, all right, let's get the fuck out of here, you know? I was like, we'll never play that again. But we learned a big lesson, you know? And how many years ago was that? <sighs> that was, like, four or five years ago. And then here we are now. You know, we've toured all across the country. We've played shows. I've had a number one song, a Billboard number one song that's certified gold. Um, and we're about to play the big, the biggest music festival in Alabama. The, the day after your, your and the EP comes we out. We are getting paid, son. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah, the day my EP's coming out, hopefully I can firm my pub deal up tomorrow and sign it. It's just be a record-breaking week, and it's just like... When you think about all, all of it all together, it's like, it's really like, it's a full circle moment. And uh, uh, it's just, you know, it's the, sh you can't even dream the shit up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, and it's, it's wild too because um, next or in two weeks, another, I mean, not, not necessarily to that extent, but like you talk about full circle moments. Yeah. We go to Myrtle Beach, yeah. a place where you guys have played a lot at a, at a venue, getting yeah. getting paid to play your damn songs, yeah. and then Raleigh, which is another place yeah, railed out in Raleigh. Yeah, dude, like places and like Columbia, South Carolina is another one. Like these these towns that you guys, yeah, dude. Were, when we played in, all right, so the Tin Roof in Columbia is right next door to the Senate. Yeah, and uh, we used to be the cover band that would play at the Tin Roof Columbia, and then. People would go to shows at the Senate, come to Tin Roof after we played at the fucking Senate. And then our friend Matt Bennett was playing, just so happened to be, he's from, you know, he plays, he's from Georgia, but lives in Alabama. Just so happened to be playing at Tin Roof that night. So we played at the Senate and then we walked over next door and our friend Matt Bennett was playing. It was just 
cool full circle moment, man. Yeah, dude, and there's gonna be there's gonna be more of those, man, and it, and it's it's super. But dude, it just goes right back to the song that me and Terry wrote together. A whole lot of nothing. It it really you it, can you yeah. can pack it all. You know, you can drown in a bottle and pass through the years, or you can pack it all up and face your fears. Yeah, Mac McElwain caught me that one night. I think it was Bristol, Tennessee. Uh, where I was some where I, when I'm selling the merch, I'm in different spots. Sometimes yeah. I see the show, sometimes I don't. Um, that one I was like right to the right to the side, um, so I was able to like see it and seeing that that crowd in Bristol um, at Thunder Valley Tavern, I think it was called, um, singing back. A lot of them were singing back a whole lot of nothing that night, and I even fucking got emotional. And I've only been with I've only known you now yeah. for about a year now and but just to to know the backstory and to see you guys out see you but also see your your boys that that have been in the trenches with you and see the guy alex who has believed in you for so many years yeah that's a part of this and like it's the the crew that that we've got going man it's it's really cool and really special so it's 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 crazy man it's crazy i love that song um it's a definitely a badass moment to share every night with terry and and McElwain. I mean, I'd share it with everybody, but me and Terry wrote that song together, and uh, it's just a cool thing to have that moment. And and you know, like when I wrote that chorus, I wrote it when I moved to Nashville. Like me and Terry had already written that song, and all we had was the you know the hook and the verses. And I just remember sitting in that sitting on my mattress that was on the floor. I was like, you can pack it all up, you know, you can. You can drown in a bottle or pat and pass through the years or pack it all up and face your fears. And, you know, in a lot of ways I felt like, you know, a lot of people back home are just drowning in a bottle, just passing through the years. And, you know, I just said, fuck it and packed it all up. And, and you know, I don't know. It's just cool that, you know, it was cool then when we wrote it, but now it's even fucking cooler because it worked out. Yeah. You know what I mean? It yeah. worked out. And, yeah, and, you know, how long this lasts? Fuck, I don't know. But yeah, it's cool I, that it I, happened. Yeah, you know I, what I mean? I was, I was going to ask because I know, I know you, you're – I've been needing to get on it, and Ben Miller's been on my ass about getting on it, about making, like, a vision board or note sheet or whatever. Yeah, I added, how, uh, I added something to my vision board last night. What's that? I want to play the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah? Yeah. Hell yeah. That would be fucking awesome. Yeah, man. I've been watching that uh, Dirt Road Diaries. Have you? Well, I haven't seen that yet. I've heard Amazon. nothing but good things about it. Though. Yeah, and I just heard Luke Bryan. He said, he said, uh, he said, well, nobody can say shit. Cause, uh, he didn't say it like this. He said it in a much more Christian way, but he's, you know, much more <laughs> Luke Bryan way. He yeah. said, nobody can say shit because I played the Grand Ole Opry. You know what I mean? But, dude, like, Luke, you don't think about it because Luke Bryan was such like a mega star. But like he really earned it, you know. Like he did all the shit we're doing right now. He played, bro. bro and he and he got a little bit of a later start getting up here and, too, and, from and what uh, I understand. Yeah, and, he's he, still, and he, he played. He used to play at Dingus, and, yep. uh, and they have video on the show of him playing in Statesboro. And um, but like the same thing, like he brought Cole Swindle up with him, and like had him on the road, and and Al know. Dean brought Luke along, and yeah. there were people like that, and he started out as a writer with the Billy Currington cut, and yeah, man, it's just it's crazy, it's. It's really good, you know, when you look at this song by Dirt that he did with Jordan Davis, and then, like, you look at this song that he just put out, songs you never heard, like, you know, it seems like a lot of the older guys, like, sometimes Blake Shelton and um, uh, Kenny Chesney and Luke Bryan, like, you think those guys are on their way out because there's, like, this new class coming up. 
But Luke Ryan goes and does some, you know, you know he does a song by Dirt that's going to be, you know, it's going to be a musical at the end of the year. I mean, it's an amazing song. And then, you know, he, he does this song and he does this show, and it's just like, man, he's just getting fucking started. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's been through so much loss, and, and, and he's just a happy-go-lucky guy. I mean, if you don't aspire to be Luke Bryan, then fuck you. You know what I mean? Yeah. That guy's unreal. Yeah, I actually saw that. Like, Some- just the way he carries himself. I'm not saying, like, you got to be like him musically. I'm just saying, I mean, give credit where credit dudes. That guy's badass. Yeah. We were talking about social media before, and I actually saw you talk about that um, that second song you mentioned, Songs that uh, were... Songs You Never Heard. Yeah, Songs You Never Heard. Yeah. I saw you tweet that out. How have you been enjoying Twitter? I, man, I love it, dude. I love you, Terry's Twitter. I, I looked at his Twitter last night. Some of the shit he says on there. It's like Terry <laughs> Adams music with a yeah, K. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. I wish he would do it every day and just rip on people. It's great. Yeah, I mean, because Twitter's something where you've been you've been getting on a little bit more, and it's that kind of it's it's quick. You know, last night McKinney did uh, he did an impression of Terry, and he did an impression of Alex. Oh, really? He was like, you know, Burrell, Sometimes you just don't need to talk. <laughs> and then and then uh, uh, Terry's impression was like. You know, for real, if you weren't so shitty, I don't remember what it was. It was just funny. It was hilarious. Oh, McKinney. Skinny McKinney. Skinny Teabagging McKinney. McKinney. Teabagging McKinney. I mean, he, he slid and he, slid and he, he rode all right. Yeah. Uh, McKinney line, McKinney. Him, the McKinney line. It is it is very much a real thing, man. But yeah, um, I, I, Alex asked me today if McKinney hated me because of the way I talked about him on the uh, the. Uh, uh, Ray's Ratty. Ratty podcast. I was like, no, I don't think so. Daddy's even listened to it. We're all good. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, no, he's he's good people, man. But dude, um, you cool if we um, at the at the end of this one we we close it out with uh, the title track? We yeah, just I'm put cool the song at the end of it. Do you have a? Do you have any more questions from Instagram? Um, We're I out of time. I mean, we can we can keep it. We can keep it. Uh, yeah, it's five thirty six. We love y'all. We're out, bitches. We're going to Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> Cinco, Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, that's another one we could ask you. Um, favorite um, little hidden gem food spots. So Cinco here in Hermitage. Yeah, you like that place a lot. That's the spot. You guys know all the staff there. Uh, favorite bar in town? Uh, definitely not Red Door. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, fuck Red Door. <laughs> Hard. I, um, I did get in there the other night. I have. You know, Karen and Priscilla like going to um, to losers. Which I don't mind losers if it's not busy. I hate it when it's crowded. Honestly, I hate any crowded bar. Has, has it been weird though too? Because I remember when I remember back in like the fall and like the winter, like as shit was kind of starting, people would come up to you and shit. Has that still been continuing to happen? Yeah. The, uh, the other night we went to for Kara's birthday, we went to Broadway, <laughs> but uh, we went to uh, Printer's Alley to that karaoke bar. Yeah, I forgot what it's called. Anyways, we walk in and this guy goes, "Dig down in Dallas." <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. He's like, no way. I'm just trying to keep it cool here, but that's totally you. I was like, yep. Um, so we've had all kinds of moments like that. Uh, I was at a Dollar General um, close to my um, close to my lake house, and I was uh, Matt was with me, and this guy goes, Trey Lewis? And I was like, yeah. He was like, man, will you get a picture of me? I was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, let's do it. He was like, well, come outside because my wife – and kids are out here. Come meet my mama in there. Yeah, it was basically <laughs> like that. So, um, yeah, but that's been cool. Um, but, yeah, so we like fucking Cinco de Mayo, Outback, Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, 
Hooters. Those are the main places we eat in Hermitage. See, every time I go, every time I go to Hooters, like I'm like, yeah, I'm going to Hooters, and then and it's then, like, why did I eat here? Yeah, every fucking time. I, same thing with Buffalo Wild Wings, but last night the service was actually on point. That's good. Um, but fuck Red Door. Um, if we didn't already get that across, <laughs> I fucking hate that place. They're dickheads. Can't get a drink. The red lights are just annoying. Like I feel like if you get drunk, like it's if you come to nashville from out of town and you just get blackout like red doors that that bar that you go to and then the next day you're like what did we do last night and what was that place we went with like the red lights have you, you ever cl- have you ever closed down red door no so you know what happens I would never i'm so when you close it down the red lights turn orange oh, and then yeah. eventually the lights come on and that's when it's time to leave so oh, like the lights yeah. change colors as yeah. the night goes on well fuck red door but uh <laughs> anyways i like like live oak i think hasten's pretty cool he's gave us a home you know there to plab rounds and you know in the rounds there and um a lot of other great rounds um you know, Mark's got his there. I know. Nikki, T, Nikki T's, T's got, got Rowdy got on the road. Kristen's got hers. Kristen's got hers. Tracy's I mean, got one. I mean, the yeah. whole family's there. Yeah, I mean, it's just great. Um, and next week, we got a special one. Uh, no Hits Takeover. No Hits. No Hits Takeover next week. At Live Oak. Starts at, what, 6 p.m.? Starts at 7. Starts at 7. Perfect. Yeah, but, man, I like... Um, I like the local. I haven't been there forever. That's, I love that place. I, I went in there over the weekend, and um, I took Kepsi there for the first time, and Kepsi's like, why haven't you brought me here already? Yeah, the and food's I'm, amazing. The, the, food's the am- honey mustard, the chicken fingers, yeah, and the yeah, french fries. Yeah. The food's amazing. The people there are great. Um, Geoff or Jeff, who Jeff, runs that yeah. place, they're they're great. And you're usually going to hear great songs, and that was a spot where I remember going after kickball and watching you guys, watching yeah. you and Ella and McKinney. Everybody was playing rounds at the local. For a long time, people yeah. still do. I mean, it's a great spot to be. Yeah, I love that place, and uh, you know, Jeff's a great guy. But you know, Live Oak's cool. Um, I'm not a huge Tin Roof guy, which I love Tin Roof, but I'm just that that, that Tin Roof down there on Demumbry is just kind of awkward. You it know ain't. I mean? It ain't. It ain't like well, when you go around. Yeah, and I mean, see no, every no other... hate against Revival, but it seems like the last three times I was supposed to play Revival, I got canceled. So I'm just like, cool. I'm just not cool enough to play Revival. So whatever. You know <laughs> what I mean? Um. But yeah, so it's cool. I mean, you know, um, but any, you know, just not Red Door. Fuck Red Door. Just want to get that across. <laughs> oh man! Um, and then shows coming up um, in the next uh, next few weeks. Next, see if you know them. Oh uh, so, hell! Rock the South. Rock the South. That's easy. Come on! I don't know. Dude. You don't know them? You just tell me where to be, Burrell. <laughs> That's the deal here. Um, I know we got Raleigh on the twenty eighth. And Myrtle on the twenty seventh. Myrtle on the twenty seventh. Um, just found out today, or I, I guess, I don't know when it's fully going to be announced. We got some West Virginia stuff coming up. You ever been to West Virginia? Uh, just through there. Yeah, we went to West Virginia. No, was that? I was. Oh, when we were in, we went to Pennsylvania, but it was basically the border West of West Virginia. Yeah, yeah. It was like some fucking wild, wonderful <laughs> whites type shit up there. Yeah, we're, we're, we drove the van around the fucking mud track. Yeah, and then it broke down on the way yeah, back. It broke down on the way back. Wonder why. Um, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Got, got that uh, Renegade Rebellion Music Festival. Yeah. It's going to be cool. Got that. Um. Now we got some brand new music for you guys. Crank it up. This is the brand new one from Mr. TL himself. The title of the EP This is Shut the Door. Y'all have been listening to the In the Round podcast. The thing yeah, is we'll like, just tell I, you, we're, I, we're opening for Parker McCollum. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. We're pumped about it. Oh, boy. The Glasscock special right there. The Glasscock. Henry Glasscock is the best agent in the world. 
yeah hey man he he helps helps us all pay our bills and yeah. uh helps me pay my bills at least i really appreciate the crystal you. pistol the crystal <laughs> something like that well dude this was a this was an absolute blast man blast. um Definitely more fun. Uh, I mean, it's the like first I was talking to a different person the whole time. It was great. You know what I mean? Yeah, from the first time. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, last time we were just getting to know each other, and now we're always with each other. So um, it's it's awesome. But guys, make sure you check out the uh, the EP, uh, brand new music from Mr. Trey Lewis. Shut the door. Five new songs available now wherever you listen to music, um, and uh, check it all out. Um, look up. Tour dates, treylewismusic.com. Get some merch. Say hey to me at the merch table when you come to the shows. Um, are we still doing that uh, that koozie promotion? Koozie promotion? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you pre-order, what is it? No, no well, you uh, can't pre-order. It's out. Yeah, yeah. What was the other one you used to Oh, do? the one, uh, if you go to the merch, t- if you're a girl and you go to the merch table and give Burrell your number, you'll get a free koozie. There was that one, and then and there then was the other one. If you're a guy, if you go up to the merch table and uh, tell Burrell he's a bitch, you'll get a free koozie. <laughs> And after every show, if you come to a show, I'm at the merch table after the show for a free meet and greet. If you want to fucking take pictures together, if you want me to sign your tits, um, whatever. I'm there. I'm always there. It's free. He's always. Shake your hand. He's always there. He'll even sign your baby. He has signed a baby's forehead. We have had that happen. Yes, ma'am. I'll sign that baby's forehead. (laughs) It has happened. Well, guys, thank you as always for listening to another edition of the In the Round podcast. Shout out to the sponsors, Whaletail Media, Saxman Studios, and of course, Trailside CBD Emporium. Use that promo code ITR for 20% off your order. Now, without further ado, it's the title track of the EP, the new music. It's out. Go stream the shit out of it, y'all. This is Shut the Door by Trey Lewis on the In the Round podcast. I got scars and so do you. Found out the hard way, hearts ain't bulletproof. So, baby, won't you come on in? You've been through heaven, hell, and back again. We've both been hurt and felt that burn, but I am and you're not hurt. Shut the door, we can take a nice and slow Strip away all the pain Leave it scattered on the floor Skin on skin Closer than we've ever been before Shut the door This ain't no more sun last night regret And that ain't last call whiskey on my breath Surrenders glowing from your eyes Girl, I think we got this right I know that we got things to do But the world can wait on me and you So shut the door, shut the door We can take a nice and slow Strip away all the pain Leave it scattered on the floor Skin on skin Closer than Shut the door I know that we got things to do But the world can wait on me Shut the door, shut the door We can take a 
skin Closer than we've ever been before Shut the door Shut the door